Welcome to this exciting sermon from World Impact Community Church. We hope you enjoy this message. For more sermons and resources, please do visit us at wscc.in. This is the word from the Lord's heart for this season. We've been hearing the word on being planted that was such a blessing to know that we are planted in the house of God. Uh, and today we're going to focus on this key theme of coming together. And that's the heart of the Father for us. So, I'm going to read a couple of verses in Matthew chapter 18, verse 19 and 20. Jesus is teaching his disciples about a principle of coming together. A principle of agreement. And that's a very powerful principle God is teaching his disciples and his followers. And it says, again I say to you that if two of you agree on earth about anything that they may ask, it shall be done for them. The power of agreement. For where two or three have gathered together in my name, I am there in their midst. The power of togetherness. When two or three gather together, the promise of God is He will be in their midst. He just did not teach about togetherness. He went on to pray for His disciples. That they would be one. And if you turn with me to John chapter 17, verse 20 and 21. Jesus prays to Father. He looks at his disciples probably in his imagination, in his prayer. And he says that they may be one. This morning for all you know, Jesus is still interceding for you, for your home, for the church. Father, that they may be one. That was the prayer of our master. When on, when Christ ascended and in Acts chapter 2, when the disciples gathered together, the first five chapters of Acts, there are multiple times it's mentioned about the gathering together. But I'll read Acts chapter 2, 1. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one accord. And what happens there? was the presence of God and the presence of the Holy Spirit manifest so mightily. Because He is a promise-keeping God. When He promised that when two or three agree in my name and come together, I will come there. He kept that promise from the day of Pentecost even today. There is something about the power of agreement and the power of togetherness. And that's what we are going to look at today. Learn from what God has for us today. I'm reminded of a story from the Bible. And when I remember of this story, I think for myself, you know, there are many things that I've thought. I wish God would have stopped this. Like for example, I wish God would have stopped Eve from eating that fruit. I wish. But God did not. Because our God is so loving... That he respects our individual self-will. He respects our free will. And he allows us to make a decision. He looks forward to take a decision. Looks forward for us to take a decision aligned to his will. But he will not force himself on us. And that's why God allows a lot of things. But there is one thing which God did not allow in his great wisdom. And that's a building project. The Tower of Babel. Now God had commanded Noah and sons to disperse and repopulate the earth. Now as they grew up, you know, they were disobedient to God. 
and they decided to settle down and build themselves a city and a tower. Genesis chapter 11, 4, 5 and 6 says, Come, let us build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to the heavens so that we may make a name for ourselves and not be scattered over the face of the whole earth. Something like the Lucifer's thought to exalt himself. And when men came together to build something to exalt themselves, the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the sons of men had built. The Lord said, Behold, they are one people. There was something about that togetherness that the Lord announced, Behold, that they are one people. They all have the same language. And this is what they began to do. And now, nothing which they purpose to do will be impossible for them. There is a power of togetherness. But God did not allow that to happen. He confused their language and they got dispersed and scattered in different places. Thank God for His great wisdom. He did not allow that episode to happen. But I want to pick up a lesson from there. When God says, Behold, they are one people. There is a might when people come together. There is a power when people come together. Now God had to intervene because men came together with a wrong motive and a wrong ambition. But there is something about the togetherness and agreement. Now that's how our God operates. When He created the heavens and earth, when He created the man, they came together. Godhead came together. There is always something that is birthed out of this togetherness. And God operates in this togetherness. And God wants His people to operate in togetherness. When God allowed Nehemiah to build the wall, they came together in one accord and they could miraculously build that wall in 52 days. There is something about this togetherness. And that's why in Matthew chapter 18, 19 and 20, which we read earlier, Bible says, where two or three have gathered in my name, I will be there in their midst. God is deeply interested when people come together in agreement. Psalms 133, 1-3, very familiar passage, but I'm going to read that today again over ourselves, over our church. Behold, how good and pleasant it is for brothers to dwell together in unity. That's a great sight to watch. When brothers together, when a family together, home together, church together is dwelling in unity, it's a sight to behold. Behold how good and pleasant it is. It is like the precious oil upon the head that ran upon the beard, even Aaron's beard that came down upon the skirt of his garments. Like the dew of Hermon that cometh down upon the mountains of Zion, for there Jehovah commanded the blessing, even life forevermore. Some of us have searching, are searching for abundant life, the promise of Jesus. I've come to give you abundant life. The abundant life is when we come together in that site where the Bible says, Jehovah commanded the blessing, even life forevermore. There is something about coming together. The Bible says it is good. I want you to visualize your home, your church, your care cell, your family coming together. It's a sight to behold when the family is in agreement. It's a pleasant thing when people are together in one accord. It is, it is a good thing to, it's a delightful experience to be part of something where you have 
in agreement, in togetherness, in one accord. It is pleasant, says the word. There is an overflowing. We talked about the oil overflowing. It's an anointment of God that overflows when people of God comes together in one accord. It's not just the presence of God, but there is a release of anointing of God, not certain dabs of anointing. It is an overflowing of anointing in the presence of, in the presence of His people who come together in unity and in agreement. It talks about dew. There is freshness when we come together. Some of you are experiencing some kind of a dullness and, and tiredness. I want to tell you, Come together in the presence of God, with the people of God, and be united in one accord. The presence of God will come down there. The dew of God will fall, and there will be a freshness that will stir up in that place. You don't have to go to any other place searching for it. God's promise for us is he will, his, his mercies are new every morning, and that is when we come together. And you can do that in your home. You can do that with your spouse when two of you agree and pray. There is an anointing. There is an overflowing. There is a blessing that God commands in that place. A life forevermore. I know some of us are really struggling to keep the, the family running, struggling to keep the home together. Well, that's something you've got to pursue. But I want you to know, it is a sight to behold. God cherishes. It is a good and a pleasant thing. When families, when homes, when church comes together in one accord. That's the heart of the Father. Well, unity is paramount in God's kingdom. And that's why Christ prayed, Father, that they may be one. And how did he, how did he compare that in John 17, 20-21? How did he compare that? Father, they may be one. Like the way you and I are one. I just can't imagine unfathomable unity, oneness. And that's God's heart for His people. That's God's heart for your home, for your family. Father, they may be one as we are one. That, that they may be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you. That they also be one in us. That the world may believe that you send me. Well, God has planted us in our homes, in our church, and He wants us to be together in one accord. And that is His prayer for our life. While He's handpicked each one of you, He called you by name. While He has a plan for you, while He's crazily in love with you, while He says you are my own, that's on one side He is inviting you into His family. As you and me, Get into his family. He looks at us as a collective. He looks at us as a nation, as a people group, as a chosen generation, as a royal priesthood, as God's own people. It is no longer that individuals that we are, but he looks at us as a collective body of Christ. And for the body of Christ who is the bride, He's going to come again. He's not looking at us as individuals alone, but as a bride in making for Christ's return. We are together in our homes. We are together in our church. We are together as a body of Christ, where Christ is the head and we are the body. God is calling us. 
to come to this place of one accordness in togetherness. And that's why he addresses his people as my nation, my people, my kingdom, my flock. It's a togetherness, it's a collective thing. My bride, my church, my body, my dwelling place. There is something about this togetherness. There is a power in this togetherness. There is, an agree- there is a power in this agreement. Now, when, as I mentioned earlier, at the time of creation, Genesis chapter 126, God says, Let us make man in our own image. God had triune one God. They came together in unity. And when they came together, they operated together. They had different roles to play. But what birthed out of it was a creation. God operates in this unity. They are in one accord. When Jesus was about to go into the waters of the baptism, he was launching into a new mission of redeeming mankind. And when he was taking in the time of baptism, we see God the Father. We see the Holy Spirit descending upon him. And we see Jesus in action. Three different roles, three different manifestations, but they were in agreement they were in one accord. And what birthed out of it was the new way of redeeming mankind into the family of God. There is something about coming together. There is a power in coming together. In Acts chapter 2, verse 1, when the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one accord. When church came together in one accord, what birthed out of it was the new church. God is inviting you and me to ex- to live in this oneness and to be a people who are together in agreement, in one accord. Now what does this mean to be together? Well, I want to divide this into two parts. One, it is a state of being. Two, it is a verb, it's an action verb that simply would mean we have to take an initiative, an action to unite. What does it mean by state of being? We are all together as a family in our home. It is a unit to be united. But is that united? Need not be. There is an action that is required to take to bring it into harmony, to bring it into a place of being united. The church as a body of Christ is supposed to be united in oneness and one accord. But is it united? Need not be. But then what do we do? We got into go into the action verb of pursuing it to form the unity in Christ Jesus. So there is a state of unity and there is a verb or an action verb that we got to pursue to, to form the unity. I, I reflect on it with an example of a guitar. You take a guitar, it's an instrument where multiple things comes together. There are strings that comes together and it is supposed to bring in a good sound. Now, it is made for bringing out music in unison. But does that, is that uh, ready for playing the music? Need not be. There's somebody who has to pursue to, to unite those strings together, to tune that string together, to bring them into position so that it brings out the best sound possible. And somebody plays on it to bring the best possible music out of it. And that's where the unity comes together. I remember of an example of a skit where a group of uh, kids were asked to perform a skit uh, to, to demonstrate a fire engine. So 
you know, they had different roles to play. One was the driver, and one was the vehicle, one was the, the, the water hose, and one was the valve, and one were, few were the wheels. You know, they had different roles to play. It's a very creative skit. And they all took the position, and they knew what they need to do. And the director said, okay, let's go, roll up. And uh, they started doing the roles themselves. And they did in the best of their interest. They were passionate about what they were interested to. They did the, with the best of their ability. But it was all over the place. The director told them to stop. And he said, pause, pause, pause. Now listen to me. What on earth are you guys doing? You are all over the place. The way you function now did a dose of the fire. And they thought about it for a minute. And they realized that it was not dosing the fire. Because the guy who was driving was passionate about driving. The guy on the horse was passionate about pouring the water. The guy on the wheels were passionate by rolling themselves. You know, it was all disconnected, discord, and probably not meeting what they're made for. So now the director said, okay, collectively, guys, dose the fire. And now everybody started to get aligned. The driver was mindful of the wheels, how it moves. The, the guy on the hose was mindful when the walls are open. The water flowing was mindful when the hose is pointed. So they were well coordinated. They just looked and they supported each, each other. Finally what happened was they played a role that could possibly dose the fire. When we come together, we come in the unity of that purpose. We come because something brings us together. And as a body of Christ, it's the blood of Christ that brings us together. The price that he paid for us is the one that, he, that, he, that brings us together. It's the spirit of God that brings us together. It is the word of God that is the standard in which we lay our foundation. In such foundation when we come together, it is a pleasing and a good sight for God. And the Lord would say, behold, how good and pleasant it is for brothers to dwell together. There is there's so much that could happen when we come together. Being together hosts God's presence. In Second Chronicles 5.13, as the worshippers made one sound to the Lord, think about it, when was the last where we made one sound to the Lord? I want you to imagine going around the Jericho wall together and finally they made that one last trumpet sound. One sound to the Lord. It's pleasing to God when we make that one, the sound of one accordness. The presence of God descended to that point. In that oneness, in that togetherness, the presence of God descended. Where the glory became so strong, no one could remain standing. The temple was filled with the glory. I want to declare this as a promise for your home, for your own life, for your church, for our church, for our cell group. When we gather together, when we meet together in agreement, in one accord, God's promise is, I will be in your midst. He did this even before he declared this promise in New Testament time. He came down when people of God came together. And that's the promise for our homes. Our homes would be different. Our church would be different. Our cell group would be different. When we start hosting the presence of God. Because we tune ourselves. We harmonize ourselves. We make those adjustments. 
to align and to agree, to bring in under the purpose of God and to come together as one accord. When we come together, it aligns us to the God's purposes. There is a release of God's anointing. In Acts chapter 4 verse 31, it says, When they had prayed, who? The believers, the disciples, the children of God, when they came together and they prayed. The place in which they were gathered together was shaken. We pray for revival. And one of the secrets for revival is to experience that presence of God is to bring that unity, to come into that unity. Now who is responsible to bring that unity? You and me. Everyone, every string needs to tune themselves to bring into the harmony and to bring the tune which would host the presence of God. Acts 4, 31, when they had prayed, the place in which they had gathered together was shaken. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. I am believing this is the promise of God for homes. When two or three will gather in your home, when you gather together and pray. In your cell group, when you gather together and pray. In your discipleship group, when you gather together and pray. There is a release of presence. There is a release of anointing. And that's God's place to dwell among His people. And I want you to know, that's God's heart for us. And that's why He's calling us to come together in one accord. I know it's very difficult because we might have to undo certain things. We might have to let go of ourselves. We might have to humble ourselves. We might have to come under the authority. And that's exactly how the tuning of guitar goes in. It's not easy for the string, I believe so, because it has to be tightened to a certain level of uh, tightness. I do not know how to play guitar, but I have seen how to tune it. And I know it's not going to be easy. But when the musician strums, he knows which is the right tune for it. And those adjustments are required for us to come into that place of being united in the body of Christ. Being together propels growth. And I'm just fascinated by this word. One will chase a thousand. Two will chase ten thousand. Can you imagine the families of God all over the globe? If two, the husband and wife can come together. We have heard this as messages in many of the wedding services. But what happens in the life is very different. But today I want to remind, the Lord is reminding you too, is when two of you can come together, it propels such a growth. It propels such a force. When one will chase thousand, two will chase ten thousand. Now, humanly speaking, that is beyond our understanding because one for, will chase thousand would mean two will chase two thousand. But that's not the case here. When two will come in agreement, the promise of God is I will be there in the midst. You are no longer two, you are three. When a husband and wife will come together and pray together, you are no longer two, he is the third God. He is the third person. When Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego was in the fire, there were no longer three, there was a fourth person. That's what is the promise of God. When two or three will gather, I will be in your midst. As you're watching this as a family, when two or three of you are come together as a family, you're joined there together, I want you to recognize that God is in your midst. He is there 
with you. And together in agreement, three of you can chase 10,000. Because God's presence makes that natural thing a supernatural thing. That's God's promise for you as home, in your homes. That's God's promise for you in your teams. God's promise for you in your cell group. In, in your church, in our church. That's God's promise. If two will come together in agreement. And he is the third person in our midst. It can propel supernatural growth. Two will chase 10,000. But Bible also tells when we are divided. If there is a division. There is a scope for the Satan to enter in that place. I want you to visualize your home. Visualize the church. Visualize various activities that you are involved in. Are you pulling things together? Are you the one who is bringing things together in unity? Or are you the one who is causing some division? I will leave it there. Bible says in Ecclesiastes 4, 9, 12, Two are better than one. Because they have a good reward for the toil. For if they fall, one will lift up his, the other person. That's God's plan. He doesn't want us to be in isolation. He wants us to be connected together. Come in agreement and in one accord. His presence will dwell. His anointing will dwell. And His blessing will dwell amongst them. And there is a propelling of growth that would happen. I want you to also think about your own life. We are an integrated unit of... Our, our spirit, our body, our soul. Some of us have got this three divided. Bible wants us to come in as an undivided heart. Psalms 86, 11 says, Give me an undivided heart that I may fear your name. Unite my heart to fear your name, Lord. If your heart is divided with divided priorities, divided standards, unclear identity, having different lifestyles in the weekdays and different lifestyle on a Sunday. That it's if you yourself are not united. You may not be hosting the presence of God because of the division inside of you. God wants first of all to unite you yourself. And then unite your home. And then unite our church. Because a divided heart is a place for Satan to come in. I want you to take a moment to think about your heart condition today. Is it undivided or divided? How much, how much are your priorities aligned? How is your secu- where are your securities? Are you double-minded? Are there double standards in life? Are there marks that we are wearing? I think it's time to pull them down. Come to the Lord. Submit to the Lord. And make the same prayer as what David made. God, give me an undivided heart. Give me an undivided heart. I want you to make this as your prayer. Lord, give me an undivided heart. I, I sense in my spirit there are few who, have, who feel that their life is scattered. It's all over the place. It's not aligned. There are patterns of the past that you have not let go. There are certain habits that is not right in God's sight. God wants first you to gather yourself. Unite yourself and bring an undivided heart, a heart of devotion unto the Lord. If that's you, I want to pray with you today. I want you to respond to this word. And first let's get our being united, devoted, 
submitted to our true one and only authority. That's God. Under His Lordship. Under His Headship. If that's you, if that's someone who's, who's being prompted by the Holy Spirit, if you are able to relate that there are areas that you are scattered, that there are areas where your priorities are all over the place, I want you to ask God for a unity in your heart right now. Father, we ask of you, Lord, that there are times where we were scattered all over the place by ourselves, O God. But today we are asking, Lord, won't you gather us back? Won't you bring in an undivided heart, a heart of unity, an undivided heart that is devoted to you, O God? And in that undivided heart, Lord, is where you will dwell in our midst, in our life, O God. Lord, our whole being belongs to you. And so we ask of you, gather us back. Get our priorities, get our devotions, get our, Lord, our, our standards, everything together under your lordship, under your kingship of God. We surrender our hearts to you. Lord, as David prayed, give me an undivided heart is our prayer today. Thank you, Lord. And, and, and once we have got our heart in right place, and as we heard in the last couple of weeks that we are planted in the church, in the local body. And we are planted in our home. That's the place again we got to pull together and bring in harmony. Your home is a unit. The church is a unit. And that's the place where, where God wants us to be united. Matthew 12.25 says where every kingdom divided against itself is brought to destruction. Where there is lack of unity, it calls for destruction. If there is any lack of unity at your home, recipe for destruction. Pray that there will be a sense of unity in your life, in your home. Proverbs 6, 16 to 19, I'll just read the last part of it. It talks about six things that God hates. And the sixth one, interestingly, was... People who sows discord among brethren. Now you and me can sow discord and God hates it. God hates it. Very clear. Proverbs 6, 16 to 19. God hates it. I'm not going to ask you, are you the one who sows discord in the church? Are you the one who sows discord in your home? I'm not going to ask you that question. But let's not be the one who sows discord in any place that's against the will of God. God is looking to us as people who would make an effort, pursue unity. Why? Because when men of God, when people of God, when brothers of God, family of God comes together, that's the place where he dwells. That's the place where his purposes comes to fulfillment. That's the place there is a release of anointing. That was the first encounter in the New Testament church. That was the place where the spirit of God was released. And that's the place we need to dwell together. Togetherness is about a desire in our heart. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 verse 17. Uh, talks, Paul talks about brothers having been taken away from you for a short while in person. Not in spirit. Where all the more we are eager with great desire to see you face to face. How relevant it is for a time like this. 
where we've been socially distancing and away from gathering together but that's not about a location it is about our state of heart where we eagerly look forward to meet somebody eagerly look forward to connect with somebody eagerly look forward to establish a relation with somebody and have that one mindedness with that person it's a state of heart and i want you to think about do you desire strongly to connect and come together with the people of god how is your desire to connect with your members in the family are you doing enough to come together as one home unit are you pursuing that unity in your home together is about love hebrews chapter 10 verse 24 to 25 now let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds not forsaking our own assembling together as it is the habit of some but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day drawing near god is calling us like the tuning of guitar calling us make some effort guys make some effort families to come together and stimulate one another in love to encourage one another to make some effort to connect and establish that relationship and come in agreement in one accord it's different to just come and gather together have a chit chat have a coffee together it's a good thing but don't stay there go deeper so that we have a a deeper bonding of coming together in Christ's presence and when we come together united in him i want to tell you his presence comes in that midst and he will be glorified his purposes will be fulfilled god in our midst is a very different experience i want to ask you how are you stimulate stimulating loving one another how are you encouraging one another some of us are high maintenance why because we're very difficult to get them together they're always on the consuming side years together being part of a cell group years together part of the church but they're always consuming i want to encourage you make a shift god is encouraging you that you are pivotal to bring that unity in christ go encourage somebody go ex- go sharing the love of christ to somebody bring that love and good deeds together in the body of christ being together is a conviction it's it's got nothing to with to do with your convenience there second corinthians chapter 2 verse 12 to 13 i was very impressed to see this particular instance where uh, where paul makes a statement of his priority now when i came to trials for the gospel of christ when a door was opened for me in the lord i had no rest in my spirit says paul not finding titus my brother but taking my leave of them i went on to macedonia that's interesting he came to a place and he says god opened an opportunity it's a door for ministry we might have a lot of reasons we might see the hand of god and the door opening but here is paul who made his priorities straight he said i don't see my brother titus here i need to first meet him i need to first get together with him and then maybe come back for this time of ministry 
He made his priority of relationship more important than ministering. Why? Because he knew when two would agree, the power is different. When two would agree, the presence of God is different. When two would agree, the, the manifestation of God's power would be very different than in discord. So he said, I went on to Macedonia. I want to ask you this question. Do you prioritize building spiritual relationship above your personal pursuit of different things? How many times have we given the excuse, I'm busy, I'm, I'm preaching, I'm, I'm serving, I'm ministering, and you know, you have a whole lot of list of things, but we might not give priority to relationship that God has brought together. It is important we value everyone God has brought into our life and build that togetherness. And out of that togetherness, we go to serve Christ. And Paul made his priorities right. I want you to think about it. This week when you meet up in the cell group, if you have somebody missing, it is a good thing to reach out to that person even before you kick off your cell meeting. In your team, if somebody is missing, it's a good thing to go and meet up with that person or connect with that person, encourage that person, stimulate that person, love that person, bring them back into oneness, in one accordness. Because there is a power in that togetherness. And let's get these priorities right. Togetherness is not just about some creating good impression. It is actually being very raw and vulnerable. When, when the disciples came together, they, were, they, they did not mask themselves. They were just themselves. They were raw. They ensured that they were true to themselves. And that comes out of a heart that is united, a heart that is secure. Can you think about your relationships, maybe at home, maybe in your friend circle, maybe at church, maybe in cell groups? Are we trying to cover up? Are we putting up some kind of a facade? Then there is no togetherness there. It is coming together, but lacks that unity. Unity is when we come together in our real self. And that would mean be very open, be vulnerable, be open. Every one of us are weak vessel, but it is in Christ's grace that we are strengthened and we are all living by His grace and by His strength. By ourselves, we are weak vessel. And that is why Christ says, accept one another, love one another, bear one another. How can we, we demonstrate this when we have put up a mask on our own life? It's good to pull out those masks just be real, connect with people, encourage one another, grow together, and have that spirit of agreement. I want to tell you, it is beautiful, it is good and pleasant in God's sight, and He commands a blessing at that place. But togetherness is about bearing one another. And I want to read from Colossians chapter 3, a couple of verses, verse, verse 10. And have put on the new self as, as believers. We have put on our new self who has been renewed to a true knowledge according to the image of the one who created him. So we, are, we, we put on our new self. Now putting on our new self, we get into walking with people. At our home, in our teams, in various places. 
And when we walk with people, do life together with people, there is some expectation. Let's read verse 11. A renewal in which there is no distinction between Greek and Jew. There is no difference. There is no divide. God does not want us to divide by any means. No division between Greek and Jew. Circumcised and uncircumcised. Barbarian, Scythian, slave, freeman. But everything coming together in Christ. And in Him. As Christ as the head over everything. That is expected of us. I know none of us sow seeds of, of, of discord. But think about even one statement. If there could be some grumbling. There could be some complaining. There could be some, some gossip. There could be something that we say which actually is a seed of discord. And as I mentioned earlier, Proverbs chapter 6, God hates the one who plants discord in the body. Verse 12, so as those who have been chosen of God, holy and beloved, put on a heart of compassion. The call of our life is when we meet together, show some compassion. At your home, show some compassion. In your church, show some compassion. In your team, show some compassion. If you are running business with your employees, show some compassion. Because it is God's nature to show this compassion talks about kindness, be kind. And some of us need that long rope, be kind to one another. Operate in humility. Know who you are and be secure in God's love. Don't boast too high about yourself. Don't think too high about yourself. But consider others better than you. Think about the situation at home. When you start considering your spouse better than you, your children better than you, and as a home, you're operating out of humility. In a church, you're hope, operating out of humility. A God is a God of humility. And He wants to demonstrate that when we come together. Out of gentleness, out of patience. Verse 13, bearing with one another. Forgiving each other. Which has a complaint against anyone. Just as the Lord forgave you, so also you should. If we have to come together, we know the promise of God is He will dwell in that togetherness. There is a power in that togetherness. But it's difficult sometimes for us to come together. We need to let go of ourselves. And Bible is calling us to forgive each other, to bear with one another, and stop complaining and, and, and come together as His people. Well, there are many a times we, we, we bring in discord by our complaints. Many of, many of us are dissatisfied and, and not happy with things around. So we end up complaining. Complaining is not a harmless opinion. It is sin. God does not encourage complaining. It is, it is anti-trust to God. It simply shows that I do not trust God. It is, it is anti-praise to God. Our mouth is to be full of praise unto God, not full of complaints. That does not belong to the children of God. I want to let you know con complaining is contagious. Moment one complains, then somebody else picks it up, and then it can be contagious too. People complain to Moses that because of him his, uh, and his talk of promised land, Pharaoh made things worse for him. 
They did not see the hand of God, but they actually saw what was kind of missing according to their viewpoint. And they complained. The people complained and said to Moses, let us alone. While God journeyed with them as a pillar of fire, as a cloud over them. But yet they said, let us alone. People complained about bitter water. They complained about being hungry. There are many a times we crib, we complain, and this could be seeds of discord. People complained about Moses. Miriam and Aaron complained about Moses' leadership. And we could do that in our homes too. We can complain on our parents. We can complain on our, on, on, on our father. I sense in my spirit there are many who are still holding grudge on their parents. How can you be coming together when there is an unsettled heart, a bitterness in our heart, an unforgiven in our heart? People complain about their cell leaders. If they do good, there is a complaint. If they don't do good, there is a complaint. Um, we can just find fault with anyone. But God is calling you not to put the seeds of discord. God is calling you to tune yourself, to harmonize yourself to, to the body of Christ, like the tuning of the guitar, so that collectively we produce a sound that is pleasing to God. A collectively we produce a sound, then that God will dwell amongst His people. His presence will manifest like the day of Pentecost. That's God's promise for us. In our home, He wants us to come to a place where we are tuned to His Spirit and we receive what He has in promises for us. We believe in His promises and we tune our life to be together in one accord. There is power in agreement. There is power in togetherness. And that's the promise of Christ to all of us. When two or three will gather in my name, I will be there. He did that even before He did this as a promise in the New Testament. He did that after His promise too. He's doing it every day. He can do that in your home. He can do that in your life. He can do that in our church. He can do that in our cell group. Provided we pursue the unity. Pursue togetherness. Today we're going to pray for some time. I believe God is inviting us to a place where we will tune ourselves, make some adjustments. I, I, I read a narrative like this. People are like, like porcupine. They have the thorns outside and they want to come together to, make, to feel warm. But when they come together, they end up poking each other. There are some things that we might have to chisel out. There are some things that we might have to grind. There are some things that we have to make some adjustments. We, must have, we might have to allow the Spirit of God to, to make some corrections in our life. But we must know that God's heart is that we might be one. God's heart for your family is that they might be one. God's heart for your cell is that you might be one. God's heart for your church, for our church, is that you might be one. Can we commit our life that we would be one?
Can we just reflect on our lifestyle and see are we sowing seeds of discord or are we making those adjustments to come together and host the presence of God, host the power of God, manifest the purposes of God. I'm going to invite you if not. I want to start with your home first. If you are sitting together as a family, hold hands of each other and invite the presence of God in your midst. I want you to know you don't have to strive to invite. It's the heart of the Father to come in your midst. I want you to know He's just looking to see people with one accordness. Close your eyes and we're just seeking God to invade into our homes. Close your eyes as we seek God to invade when we come together. We want to see what happened in Acts chapter 2 happening every time when we gather together. We want to see the promise of God manifest. It's the promise of God and it will happen. But He's calling us if we can unite our hearts together. Father, this morning we come to you just as, our, as we are. We humble ourselves to God and we seek you. We seek your face. We seek your grace. Lord, and we want to confess, Lord, there are times where we have complained and grumbled and we sowed the seeds of discord. There are times where we were unhappy at our home, unhappy with our spouse and we complained. And that caused a divide. And today we ask of you, Father, restore back that relation. Heal that divide. Heal that divide. Father, Father, we ask of you, if there is any divisions in our home, restore and bring healing. Lord, I speak forth a spirit of unity, a spirit that would bring us together in one accord. As the disciples waited in one accord. Lord, we in our homes, we would wait on you in one accord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. For some of you, the Lord is reminding the importance to be yoked equally. The Lord is saying, do not unyoke, do not yoke unequally. It would be very difficult to gain agreement. To come together. If you are seeking for a life partner, the Lord is saying, yoke equally. Right from the day one. If you are together, two of you can chase thousand. You will host my presence in your home. I have great plans for your home, says the Lord. Some relationships are stale from a long time and you have adjusted to that and you have started to think that's it, that's my married life I don't hope anything more than this Bible says when two or three agree and pray together today we are going to agree and pray over that situation Father we pray that you heal our marriage 
you heal the discord in our marriage you restore the disagreements in our marriage you bring us to a place of oneness one accordness oneness in the spirit father won't you just manifest your presence as we seek you together and we agree and we pray let there be a restorations in our families oh god let there be a restoration there's somebody who is who's got a grudge on the father you don't have to let go father is asking you to forgive one another let go i have forgiven you says the lord i have forgiven you forgive your father forgive and let go seek for forgiveness lord bring healing father lord lord if there are any kind of discord in our church anywhere which is beyond what we can notice which is breeding in any corner together as a church we stand against it oh god we put a covering over this local body of christ we we pray oh father every discords be removed every divides be removed and lord let there be such a healing in the church if there is any offenses i pray and release that there would be forgiveness there would be a grace to forgive not just forgive father let it be erased from our memory of oh father lord let there be a freshness a bold start of oneness thank you father we thank you thank you for your manifest presence in our families thank you for your manifest presence in the body of christ wherever we are together in our hearts we unite to god and we thank you for the presence that comes we thank you thank you thank you for the anointing thank you father for your commanding a blessing when we are together i believe every home where you're holding your hands and you're seeking god there is a release the release a, com- a command of a blessing from god it will manifest in your home it will manifest in your cell it will manifest in our church father together as body of christ we pray lord the divide between the local bodies the churches lord lord heal this in our generation of god unite your church as a bride as a body together lord and when we come together we would host your presence of god Lord that was your prayer Jesus and Lord thank you Thank you Jesus that they may be one that they may be one Thank you Father we thank you and bless you I want you to look around in your family look around at each other and say that we may be one that we are one we are together in it God bless you stay together and in your togetherness god will manifest his blessing praise the lord thank you for listening to this sermon for more sermons please do visit us at wicc.in